Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. going to take a look at last week pastor carl talked about who you are who am i and this week we're going to talk about becoming the spiritual person god wants you to be becoming the spiritual person that god wants you to be so let's pray father i thank you so much just for your willingness to send your son to send your son to die on a cross for us, that, Lord, I can stand here today because I'm in a relationship with you because of your sacrifice. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you hide me behind the cross. Let my words be your words. Speak through me this morning. I pray for everybody watching this video live right now or watching it later, that, Lord, you'll open our hearts and our ears to hear from you. Challenge us this morning, but encourage us, Lord, that we can become the spiritual person you've desired us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So before the turn of the 20th century, in an asylum in the suburbs of Boston, there, um, this is where they looked after severely challenged, mentally challenged or disturbed individuals. And there was this little girl there, her name was Annie. And Annie was totally unresponsive to everybody. She wouldn't speak, she wouldn't respond to them. And the staff, they tried to get her to respond so many times without success for such a long period of time that finally they confined her to a cell in the basement and given up entitled her as hopeless. And then there was a Christian woman who worked there and, and worked in this asylum, and she believed that every one, every one of God's creatures needed love, concern, and care for them. So she decided to spend her lunch time with her. She decided to spend her lunch just in front of Annie's cell, and she would read to her and pray that God would free her from her prison of silence. And day after day, this Christian woman would go, and she would sit at Annie's door, and she would read, but Annie with no response. Months went by, and this woman tried to talk with Annie, but it's, it was like talking to an empty cell. And then one day, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she would always leave treats for her. She'd bring her uh, tokens of food and treats to try to warm up to her, but they were never received. And then one day, she came to retrieve the plate that was there, and one brownie was missing. And so she was encouraged, and so she continued to read to her and to pray for her. And then eventually, the little girl began to respond and answer the woman, and they began to have a conversation through the bars of her cell. And then soon after this, the woman convinced the doctors that Annie needed a second chance at treatment. So they brought her back up from the basement and continued to work with her. And he, within two years, Annie was told that she could leave the asylum and enjoy a normal life. But Annie chose not to leave. She was so grateful for the love and attention that was given to her by this dedicated Christian woman that she wanted to stay behind and love others that she had been loved. She wanted to pass it on. 
And so Annie stayed on staff. She stayed working at the institution with other patients who were suffering just as she had. Nearly half a century later, the Queen of England held a special ceremony to honor one of the most inspiring women in the United States, Helen Keller. When asked to what she would attribute her success at overcoming the dual handicap of blindness and deafness, Helen Keller replied, if it hadn't been for Ann Sullivan, I wouldn't be here today. Ann Sullivan, who worked with me every day and loved and believed in a blind and deaf girl named Helen Keller. This Ann Sullivan was Annie. And because of one selfless Christian woman in the dungeon of an insane asylum, believed in a hopeless little girl, needed God's love, the world then received the marvelous gift of Helen Keller. We don't know the lady's name that sat and read and prayed with Annie, but because of Annie, we now know who Helen Keller is. So what does it take to be this kind of Christian? What does it take to be a kind of Christian that moves beyond themselves, moves beyond our selfish, fleshly pursuit of and into the deeds of loving service to God and to others? What does it take to become the spiritual person that God wants us to be? Well, first, it requires a firm understanding of who you are in Christ. As Pastor Carlos spoke about who you are, it's an understanding of who we are in Christ. We can't become like Jesus unless we are understanding that we are his divine offspring. We are his children. We are his inheritance we are with him see we have to understand that we have been grafted into the vine if we look at john 15 5 as we read about being in the vine we understand that apart from christ we can do nothing apart from christ we can do nothing we understand and we quote the scripture all the time with christ all things are possible but we have to remember that without him we are nothing we can do Nothing. The second thing is we must crucify daily the old sin-trained flesh and walk in accordance with who we are in Christ. And, and as Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And third, it requires the grace of God. The grace of God. Romans 6, 14 says, for sin shall not be a master over you, for you are not under law but under grace it's under the covenant of grace that we live by faith according to what god says is true about us and about who we are and it's all done by the power of the holy spirit to live under this grace we have to learn how to walk and live by the spirit we have to learn to walk and live by the spirit to walk by the spirit we're talking about walking with god and when we walk with God, we have to understand that it's a father-son relationship. It's a father-son relationship. When we walk with the Spirit, He leads us and guides us. John 3, 8 says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So what does this mean if we walk in the Spirit? Are we just kind of drifting all over the place? We're kind of blowing all over the place? No, that's not what it's saying. 
I like how Neil Anderson defines it. He says this, being filled and led by the Spirit may take you places you never planned, but the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. And I love this last line. He says, I think we need to pull in the oars and put up the sail. How many of us on our own strength, we try to row ourselves, we try to direct ourselves, when really all we are supposed to do is pull up the oars, not try to do it on our own, and rise up the sails so we allow the Spirit of God to lead us. So if we're going to walk in the Spirit, if we're going to become a person of the Spirit, the spiritual person that God is creating us to be, what are some guidelines in Scripture for walking by the Spirit? Well, Paul defines for us three types of people, and he writes in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, to chapter 3, verse 3, it says this, The person without the Spirit, this is one person, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. This is the third person. Merely infants in Christ. I give I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? So to be spiritual people, we have to move away from jealousy of each other, move away from quarreling and fighting amongst each other. So Paul distinguishes three kinds of people in relation to the life of the Spirit here. The first one he talks about is the natural person in verse 14. The natural person that's not spiritual at all. And then the second one he talks about is actually a, a spiritual person in verse 15. And then he moves into, in chapter 3, verse 1, a fleshly person. And I know right away some of us go, Chad, what's the difference between naturally and fleshly? Well, we're going to get there. And so first we want to look at a natural person. A natural person. Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 3 says this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So we have to understand that we, used to, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. So as a natural person who doesn't know Jesus Christ, we are dead. We are dead. And we follow the ways of the, rule, the rules of this world. And the, uh, we followed the ruler of the air. And so I want you to show this. I want to see, show you this diagram. And this is the natural person here. We see as the natural person that he has a soul. He can think. He can feel. He can choose. But as you see the arrows... It's starting at the flesh. And as the flesh, it points into the mind. And then from the mind, it starts to push your will around. And it pushes your emotions. And your emotions will control your will. And through this, we are direct by his flesh. 
We are led by the flesh, which is, is learned to live in an independence of God. We're living in independence from him. And this independence of being in a relationship with God then makes us open to sin. It gives sin this opportunity because we're living independently of God. The natural person may think that they're free. We understand that so many people who believe they're free, they're not serving God. They're like, we're not under all those rules. We're not under all those regulations that the church influences or enforces. But what we don't understand is that when we live according to the flesh, when we live according to our natural way, we're actually um, slaves to our flesh. We're slaves to our flesh. So we're not living in freedom. Our freedom is lost because we respond, we behave out of reaction, out of reaction to our flesh's desires, our flesh's needs, our flesh's wants and habits. When we live according to these deeds, you can see these deeds in Galatians 5, 19 to 21. There's a list of the fleshly deeds. And this is how we deceive ourselves because we actually believe we're free, but we're slaves to sin. We're governed by our flesh. The third person that Paul talks about is the spiritual person. And this is the one that we want to get to. As you look at this diagram, you'll see that this person also has a body, a soul, and a spirit. But if you notice the arrows have changed, it's not the flesh influencing the way that we think and the way that we feel in our will. It's the spirit leading. It's the spirit leading us. It's directed by the spirit. It's just like at our conversion, our spirit became united with God's spirit. And the spiritual life then has become union with him. And it's, it's characterized by the forgiveness of our sins. The acceptance into God's family. And now we have this positive sense of worth. We begin to feel good because we know that we are loved and that we are cared for. See, the soul of a spiritual man reflects the change that's generated in the spiritual birth. We begin to understand that our soul changes, and we now receive our drive, we receive our, our desires from the Spirit and not the flesh. And our minds have been renewed and transformed, as talked about in Romans, the transforming of our mind, the renewing of our minds. To a point where as it, as it influences each other, as it works its way around, people should begin to characterize our emotions that we are peaceful and we have joy instead of turmoil. We should be able to rest in him. As a spiritual person, you can exercise your choice to live in the spirit to live in the Spirit, we understand that it becomes a choice. Are we going to choose to live by the Spirit or are we going to choose to live by the flesh? Galatians 5.24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We've crucified the flesh. It's a, it's a daily choice to crucify our flesh. See, the body of a spiritual person has also been transformed since now it's not just a, a shell, but it's where the Holy Spirit lives. The Holy Spirit lives within me. And now I have to make a choice every day 
to be a living sacrifice of worship and to serve God every day. So let me ask you, is your life a living sacrifice of worship, not just on a Sunday morning, not just sitting on your couch or standing in your living room, raising your hands and worshiping, but is every day are you sacrificing to worship the Lord? And how are you physically serving God? What are you doing physically to serve God, to give Him honor, to give Him praise? See, it's our responsibility, it's my responsibility to crucify my flesh daily so that I'm, I'm dead to sin and alive in Christ. To be dead to sin and alive in Christ, I have to choose daily to sacrifice. So here's the thing. The, the spiritual person is the ideal. The spiritual person is where that we want to get to. It's where we are supposed to live. The spiritual person that God wants us to be. And like Annie, God wants us to serve others so that they can feel the same love and acceptance that she has felt, that we have felt and have experienced. It's the ideal. It's the model of maturity that we are now growing towards. Every one of us is working towards this place. However, many of us struggle with this. As Pastor Carlo shared the tongue twister scripture that Paul wrote, we know the things we're supposed to do, but we don't do them. And the things we're not supposed to do, we do. We understand that we are saints and that we are a spiritual person. But if we're honest, many of us, are, our flesh still shows its ugly face. So the spiritual person is the ideal. However, most of us, we don't live there all the time. We live in a slope. Somewhere between the mountaintop of our spiritual maturity and the depths of our fleshly behavior. We live somewhere in between. So before we begin to look at the fleshly person, I want to pause for a minute because I, want, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to understand something for a moment. As we, as we looked at the fleshly person, as you walk according to the Spirit, be confident of this, that your growth, your maturity, and your sanctification towards the ideal model is a process. And you are in that process. You are heading in the right direction. So if you look at the fleshly person, and we're going to see the diagram, it is very close and identical with both the natural and the spiritual. You see that the fleshly person, they are still a Christian. This is the interesting part. The fleshly person that Paul is talking about, they're still a Christian. Spiritually alive in Christ and declared righteous by God. But that is where the similarities end. Instead of being directed by the Spirit, this believing person chooses to follow the impulses of the flesh. Their mind is still occupied with with the evil thoughts, carnal thoughts, sinful thoughts, and the emotions are filled with negative feelings. How many of us go through these phases in our lives where we feel mature, we feel close to God, and all of a sudden thoughts begin to come up that we're like, where are these thoughts coming from? And we begin to lead and follow these impulses 
of the flesh. But just as these things happen, the fleshly person is also free to choose to walk after the Spirit and to produce fruit. I love what Pastor Ashley was saying during communion that we need to always be working on producing to go get something fresh. And so are you producing fresh fruit today? Are you producing fresh fruit? Are you connecting to the vine? So that we have this choice to walk after the Spirit, produce fruit. But the fleshly person continues to involve themselves in sinful activities and willfully walking after the flesh. See, we are never tempted beyond what we can bear, so we have to understand that when we give in to temptation, we're actually making a choice. I have a choice in what I do. I have a choice whether I get angry at you. I have a choice whether I sin, whether I indulge myself into something. It's still a choice. And still, as much as we have the um, ability to walk by the Spirit, we choose to walk by the flesh. And so we are still the temple of God, but it's being defiled. This person isn't sacrificing themselves daily by by giving into fleshly desires and thoughts. Which then leads, if we're honest, when we give into sin and when we fail into these areas, we give into different thoughts, and that leads to the feelings of insecurity, infurity, inadequacy or guilt, worry and doubt. And how many of you listening online or in this room right now, you can identify with the fact that some of these areas are in your life, a feeling of, just insecurity, you don't feel secure. Inferiority, you don't feel confident. Inadequacy, I'm not good enough. Guilt, and worry, and doubt. If this is you, before we even move on, I, just, I want you to write down some of these verses and repeat themselves to you daily because they're going to encourage you if you struggle in these areas. And so if you struggle in insecurity, write down Hebrews 3, or Hebrews 13, 5. And look these up if you feel inferior, Ephesians 2 and 6. Inadequate, Philippians 4, 13. Guilty, Romans 8, verse 1. And if you're worried, John 14, 27. If you have doubt, James 1, verse 5. And just begin to post these around your house and repeat them to yourself. Because when you walk in the Spirit, these will begin to fall away because our identity is not in ourselves. Our identity is in Christ. And we begin to understand who we are, as Pastor Carlo talked about, but not just who we are. It's going to help us become the spiritual person that God has created us to be. So the question is why? Why are so many of us living in a life between spiritual and fleshly? Why are we in this gap? Why are we on this slope? Why are so many living below our potential in Christ? Why are we living below the potential that Christ has given us? 2 Peter 1, 3 says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You have been given, I have been given 
everything I need, everything you need to live a spiritual life, to live a life of victory over sin. But many of us, we still experience sin. We still give in to sin. And here's the truth. Many times, maybe it's due to ignorance. Maybe you didn't know even just this verse that God has given you the divine power for everything that you need to live a godly life so you can do it. Maybe you've lived a life where you just kind of give in and also you're like, I can't accomplish this. I can't defeat this. I can't move past this. But with Christ, this is what he's given you so you actually can have victory. Or maybe some of us, if we're honest, it's a lack of repentance. A lack of repentance. John Bevere tells a story of a man who came to, uh, he, that he knew, and when he got saved, he struggled with smoking, and he couldn't kick the habit of smoking. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, he took one of his friends, his co-workers, to um, an evangelist event to hear a guest speaker speak, and this person came, and, and they gave their heart to the Lord. And in that moment, of his friend giving his heart to the Lord, that friend was delivered from alcohol and tobacco, and he said he threw out his cigarettes, had no desire for it. And when he was driving home, he was telling his friend, thanks so much for inviting me. I just feel so refreshed. I feel so light. I feel so delivered. I don't need to do this anymore. And his friend celebrated with him and was so excited for him. And he dropped him off at his door, and when he walked inside, he got back in his car, and, and as he's driving away, he said to the Lord, God, I'm so excited for my friend. But God, why do I still struggle with smoking? Why did you deliver him and not me? And he said he felt the Lord speak to him. He just had this impression in his heart. Because you still like them. There was a lack of Repentance. It's hard for God to deliver us from something we like because we keep going back to it. So sometimes it's out of ignorance that I didn't know that I had a choice. You mean I can choose to say no? I can choose to live a different life? God's given me that ability. Some of it is a lack of repentance to actually choose to not like something, to choose to walk away from sin. Maybe it's a lack of faith in God. Sometimes it's, unresolved conflicts that keep us from maturing and growing in our lives. How can God forgive us if we don't forgive others? With all of that, we also need to be honest and realize that it's not just the world and our flesh that we're fighting against. We actually have a living enemy that wants to come in and destroy us. We have to understand that Satan is real and he attempts to accuse us, he tempts us, and he wants to deceive us. He wants to deceive us from the understanding of the power that we have, the authority that we have. But we need to talk about who he is and his schemes because what we have to understand is Paul warns us in 2 Corinthians 2.11, he says, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. How many of us are honest that we, do, we begin to understand how the enemy tempts us? Where the door is that he always comes in. He's, he's not a creative guy. He keeps coming back the same way. But do we see it? 
Do we know how to stop him? We, we need to understand. We need to be on guard. And when we live a life, so many of us live a life where we don't even want to admit or believe that this kingdom of darkness exists. But it's not believing. It's not confessing that it's real. It's not um, talking about and understanding how to protect ourselves. It's actually crippling in so many of us. To live a spiritual life, we have to understand how we're attacked. We have to understand how the enemy comes at us. And then we choose to connect to God. So when he tries to attack, we actually draw closer to the Father. So that we're strong enough to make that choice. We need to live a spirit-filled life. We need to be abiding in Christ daily. If you, the only time you hear about God and his power and your strength that you have in your life is on a Sunday morning from a few minutes hearing from one of us, you're not going to be strong enough. You're not going to be connected enough. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You want to live a spirit-filled life? You need to spend time with God. I know that sounds like such the Christian answer, such the pastoral answer of, well, you know, pastor, how can I, how can I work through this? Spend time with God. No, but seriously, what can I do? Spend time with God. No, no, there's got to be a trick. I was in Gentle Rain this week picking up something from Melissa, and, and they asked me if I found any, everything I was looking for, and I just stopped, and I said, actually, no. And they're like, oh, how can I help you? I said, do you have a pill that magically makes you lose weight? And they just kind of laughed at me, and I'm like, no, nah, that was half serious, half joking. If you had one, I'd take it. And then they began just to talk to me for a minute, and I realized, and like, I started a conversation I didn't have time for. And they just told me how it actually takes exercise and change of diet, and everything that I knew, I was just cracking a joke. And... But how many of us know that when it comes to our spiritual life, the only way to change, the only way to get stronger is to change our lifestyle, to make the choice of spending time with God daily. The moment I say, is there a magic pill that's going to help me lose weight? Everybody laughs and goes, oh, he's so silly. But how many of us look for a magic pill with God? No, 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 just tell me the one prayer. Tell me the one scripture verse I just have to repeat every day and I will live strong and mighty forever. No, we need to spend time with God. We need to spend time with God. Because see, what happens as a new believer, or a fleshly believer, our will always seems that it's spring-loaded towards fleshly behavior. I feel like I'm strong, and all of a sudden something happens, like, whoa, how did I get over here? But as a mature Christian, what begins to happen is we begin to come spring-loaded towards the Spirit. So when the enemy goes to attack us, when the enemy goes to push us or tempt us, we're able to say no because our desire is for the Spirit. Understand that even the, the mature Christian, even the spiritual person will still make the occasional poor choice. But we are, they are daily learning to crucify the flesh and walk in faith, walk 
in faith and in power of the Holy Spirit. See, all of, the, all of this is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's spending time with Him. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, that you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. To walk by the Spirit, I need to spend time with Him. See, Christianity is a relationship. It's not a ritual or just a bunch of religious ethic code. In Christ, we can actually live by faith according to the righteousness of God. And it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. Because the Spirit of the Lord is in you, you have to realize that then you are free to become the person God created you to be. You are free to make the right choices. This comes down a lot to the choices that I make. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, we cannot do this. But if we stay connected to him, we can. If we stay connected where we are watered and nurtured, we can. Ephesians 3.10 says, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. See, here it says that His intent through the church, God is committed to work through the church, to work through you and me. He needs us to be the spiritual people that He's asked us to be, that He desires us to be, that He created us to be. And we have the privilege of remaining in Him. We have the privilege to water and to plant, and God causes the increase from our spirit to grow, from my spirit to grow. We need water. We need nourishment from the Father. If we don't water and plant for Him, nothing will grow. Nothing will grow. No farmer will just plow a field and leave it. They know that they need to plant and to water. So today, start to daily connect with God so that your spirit may grow, that you will grow into the spiritual person that God has called you to be, that he's created you to be. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how throughout the scriptures you just declare who we are. Father, we are your children, we are your child, and that, Lord, through your spirit, we have the ability to walk a spirit-filled life, to be able to say no to sin, to live a righteous, godly life. And so, Father, help us to connect with you daily so that we strengthen our spirit and we crucify our flesh so that we can worship you and serve you daily, not just in a moment of worship at a church service, but every action that we do throughout the day. And people begin to see a difference. They see us as peaceful and joyful because we're connected to you. And so, Father, give us the strength to choose each day to live by the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. And we just want to remind you, encourage all moms to register for our Mother's Day. And so all members to register for our um, upcoming business meeting. And so God bless you. Go and live by the Spirit daily. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 